Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What's going on, travelers? Thank you for tuning in to the 16th episode of The Resonance, a weekly Genshin Impact podcast. I am your host, Dalton, and with me is Sleepy Pharaoh. Sleepy Pharaoh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it actually sounds really cool. <laughs> like a sh- like a really, oh, I almost got a really crappy superhero. <laughs> like the anime trope that is like the tired character. Oh, yeah, there's always a tired character. Yeah, uh, you'd be like the Sayu. Yeah, exactly. That's me. I'm fine with that, dude. <laughs> uh, how are you this week? Um, Other good. than being tired right Other now? Other than being tired, yeah, I'm good. Just uh, been a super, super busy week. Looking forward to next week because um, it's going to be much easier. But yeah, and then having, you know, a good amount of... Like, I- I've definitely been playing the drip on um, Genshin, like, for the content because I want to make it last. So I haven't been running through it as fast as I normally do. But um, yeah, it's been really, really fun playing through the event so far. Minus one thing, which I will talk about because I have to vent about it more than anything else. Okay. Yeah, I'm interested to see what you think because off the top of my head, I I can't really think of anything. But we'll oh, see. there's one thing I just it repeatedly annoyed me. But yeah. Oh, okay. I think I know what it is now because I, I also have one thing. But yeah, we'll get there. Okay. This should be a shorter episode. Other, uh, So we're going to run through. Th- we got three pieces of news. We'll, they're generally pretty quick. We'll probably spend a lot more time on one of them, which was the Sumeru preview teaser. Mm-hmm. So we got a little bit more, uh, a deeper look into the environments that we're going to be seeing inside of Sumeru. With also a little bit about what we're going to be doing right when we get there. And then we're going to talk a little bit about or I'll talk about Kazuo's story quest, and then we'll probably talk about the event story leading up to, I guess, Mona's portion of the event. Yeah. So if you if you didn't do Mona's portion, we'll probably save that half for later. Or you know what? It's it's yeah, it's fine. I do not care about spoilers. That's fine with me. So yeah, we'll probably just run through it all. Don't know what next week's gonna look like though, because. Let's be honest, if this event is running for the month, mm-hmm. we don't actually get another event for the next three, almost four days. We're two hours short of four days, and that's when we get the Hidden Strife event for D. Luke, which is called the Red Dead of Night, mm-hmm. and that'll be his uh, the event or story event for his outfit. So Yeah. So, I mean, we'll have that to talk about next week, I guess. But after that, that's it. There is no, unless they do something different, 
but that's it. There's no like ley line uh, overflow event or anything. So, oh, no. but we could pretty you know, <laughs> yeah. I know you love those, but my my point my point being that it's we most likely aren't getting anything after the the fifteenth of August just because or anything new after the fifteenth of August because we're gearing up for Sumeru. Yeah. Do you think that, or I don't even know if it's confirmed somewhere or not, but that 2.8 is the last one? Like, are we getting 3.0 next? Frantically types. I, I, I'm i going to say no. And the only reason, and there there's a couple things, you know, obviously there's leaks that say that, you know, we're going to uh, be skipping 2.9, but there's, there's a lot of things. If, and if you look at the history of Genshin, mm-hmm. you, you can kind of see it. And I think the, the, the biggest giveaway is for the past couple months when they do these character, uh, like announcements where they show the new characters officially, you got the big, like high res artwork, and then they give you some lore or whatever. Whenever they do that, generally one of those three characters is on the uh, live stream preview for the following update. Yeah. So we got the three new characters. We got Kali, Dory, and Tanari. So you can almost guarantee just from like the history of that that they're going to be there. So yeah. I think, that, I think that c- so too. I don't think we're going to get a 2.9 or anything. Yeah. So which I don't really want a 2.9 not even just because like i i don't i don't want to wait for sumeru but also because now there are rumors that like not even leeway is 100 percent complete so there's areas of leeway there's areas of monstat that are not quote-unquote complete so and that's kind of what we saw with inazuma with uh, Watatsumi Island, everybody thought, oh, well, you know, this is, uh, I think it was Sarai Island, or what was the one? Oh, it was the one with all the fog. Oh, People yeah. thought that, with yeah, I can't remember. Um, uh, it was about, the the lore was about the Thunderbird, but. Yeah, that's what Thunderbo- I mean. Not, not yeah. with the playable, bo- or the boss, Thunderbird, boss, but right. with the, yeah, the story. Yeah, so people. People thought that, oh, that the Fog Island, I forget what it's called, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, that, that They thought that island was going to be the last one, and then they were like, nope, no Mia. Or, uh, no Mia, Jesus, what did I even say? That's not even a word. Um, <laughs> Enko no Mia, yeah. Right. So everybody thought that island was going to be the last one, and then we were going to be done with Sumeru, and then they, uh, then they pulled Enko no Mia out of their ass. So yeah. and then we got an event that literally turned Enko no Mia upside down basically and turned it into a whole month long update. So there's probably going to be more stuff like that to happen to Leeway and Mondstadt. And it's just going to milk, milk out the timeline more, oh, but yeah. also give us more content. So I'd rather them do that later mm-hmm. than do it now. So, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. We have, we have tons more, I think on, on every Island or not every Island, but every area still um to be uncovered so it's kind of going to be the the never-ending story of places to go yeah uh all right so we'll jump into the news there was one update uh well there was like 
10 updates, I feel like, after this this version came out. But there was one that I want to talk about, and it's only because you get a compensation of 100 Prima Gems for it. Now, this fix happened on the 21st, where it fixed an issue with uh, Jesus Elemental Skill, where mm-hmm. you could hit opponents under the effect of the four declension stacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the event would produce... the elemental effect produced would be abnormal so they did fix that um so now it's more consistent the compensation was a hundred prima gems and if you were adventure rank five or above before the 21st of the month so four days ago as of this recording you would be eligible for that but you would need to claim that mail before uh 724 which would be tomorrow, so the day before this drop, uh, this episode goes live. Um, but the mail is valid for thirty days, so just remember to claim it in time. But under Prima Gems, so very nice. I didn't. Did you didn't see anything abnormal? Did you? No, I did not. Okay, I, I didn't. I still haven't really even messed with uh, Hazy yet. So, gotcha. Yeah. All right. I'm assuming since you've been just playing the drip of the event mm-hmm. that you didn't do or take part in the mesmerizing dream at sea web event yet. <laughs> no. Was that one okay, of the yeah. good web events? Yeah. So this web event is running from July 22nd to the 31st. So you still have like a good week. Okay. I'll probably play. If you think it's worth it for... I forgot what we said, three or four that I was going to play. If this is one of them that you would elect, then I'll go ahead and play it, and I'll tell you my thoughts on it next week. Yeah, I I think this one's good. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have some details about it there. So it does run from the 22nd, and it'll end on right before midnight on July 31st. Uh, And you cannot claim rewards after the event ends, Pharaoh, so you actually need to play the event when it happens. Ah, Yes. Yeah. Uh, can't pull what I did last time. No. <laughs> uh, to be eligible, you need to be adventure rank 32 or above. During the event, you can log into Genshin Impact every day and complete daily commissions and other missions to obtain Paimon's inspirations, uh, which will you will then use in the web event to help her recall memories from her dreams, uh, retrieve her dream memories to obtain Prima Gems and other rewards. And... That's really it. You Throughout the whole event, you get 20 Prima Gems for each dream. So a total of 80 Prima Gems, 6 Heroes Wit, 8 Mystic Enhancement Ore, the 4 of the Sanctifying Unction, which I think is the Artifact Leveling Material. Yeah. And 90,000 Mora. So it's pretty easy, and it's, it's, like a, it's like a multiple choice quiz for each dream. It literally takes, I don't know, 5 minutes to do, but... Mm-hmm. to get the Paimon's inspiration. So if, if you haven't done this yet, just you want to do this, like, block out 10 minutes, at like most, to do this when you're about to be done playing Genshin. Because if you log in, do your daily commissions, spend a little bit of resin, uh, do a domain, but to get the inspiration, you need to do, like, certain things in the game to get the inspiration to do the web event. So, Right. It's simple, but it's... The art's good, and you get Prima Gems, so... Can't argue with the Primo Gems, especially with um, Joy Mia coming, so... Yeah. Gotta do it. 
All right, and then we got the Sumeru preview teaser number two, which gave us really good views of the different areas. There's, they show a little bit of, of Sumeru City, which mm-hmm. is literally just a city built on a massive tree. Yeah. They showed us, geez, what else? Uh, they showed us a little bit more of the desert. A, a good bit more of the desert, I'd even say. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, those, some of the areas in there are absolutely amazing looking. The, um, the like, what is it? The ruins, right? We had, a, mm-hmm. they have several ruins there and um, tombs and stuff like that that we saw. Like, very Egypt vibes. Like, super, super cool. I can't wait to get in there. I think more so than the rainforest region. I'm going to enjoy the desert uh, part of it because it looks amazing. When when people think about desert areas, I I think that the number one thing that worries players is, oh, it's going to be bare bones. Yeah. Uh, this doesn't look like that. No, not at all. I, I would say that this looks more detailed than anything I've seen so far <laughs> in the game. So, yeah, it's incredibly impressive. Like, so good. Um, yeah, I just can't wait till like, and I know we have some like, uh, you know, Egyptian vibe characters coming. Like we have, I forgot which one, um, like what the name is of the first one that we get with the cat ears. Um, I, I, I remember the, the officially announced it with that, where they give you a tidbit of each region. Yeah. I don't remember what their name was. But yeah, we get one with the cat ears and then the one that from that trailer that we got back whenever launch happened. I'm pretty sure that that character, because we haven't had any mention of that character yet, but I'm pretty sure we're going to get that character later on. And that mm-hmm. guy looks really cool. He has, like, the Anubis hat on. Looks mm-hmm. really, really cool. So uh, I can't wait till I have that character and I'm in the desert region. That's going to be my happy space, I think. Uh, nice. <laughs> uh, so you're most looking forward to the desert? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The... I gotta say, the way they did the oasis, mm-hmm. if that's the right way to say that, oasis? in the desert, they look, oasis, is that, is that, yeah, maybe. Uh, either way, they look, look really good. Mm-hmm. The underground ruins that they showed yeah, of the desert look so good, like, so interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it really is amazing. Like, I... Uh, this is, I mean, would you say that this is, like, looks more detailed um, and fantastical, dare I say, than the other regions that we have so far? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would say, you know, Mondstadt is just green fields, some mountains, and... Uh, and then you got, like, one main city, and then Leeway... Mm-hmm. You know, was mostly cliffs, um, yeah. a little bit of water, but and then Inazuma was a lot of water. I want to. I mean, this is just it's just different. You don't you don't and they and they talk about it in the trailer where they talk about you know the mountains are, you know, not as harsh. They're more like contoured. Mm-hmm. They're a lot more like gentle, and you can actually see that. Like they talk about it in the trailer. Yeah. But you can see the the mountains are more like curved instead of very straight, Jagged. steep cliffs yeah. like leeway. So 
I mean, the whole area just has a lot of life. It's very vibrant. Even the areas that they show uh, closer to the end, I believe, where they're talking about, uh, you know, there's an area where there's like glowing mushrooms. Then there's an area where all the trees look withered for some reason. Like even that area where the trees look withered and almost dead mm-hmm. it looks looks good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things I do like is that one of the areas, it just rains constantly. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I would have to say, like, as far as, like, um, things that have impressed me so far, like, places that have impressed me so far, like, I would say, I think it was is Watsumi Island is, is um, Kokomi's Island, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Watsumi Island's probably the most impressive until now, I would say. Whenever I saw Watsumi Island, I was like, oh, this is so cool. But, um, yeah, whenever I saw this new one, oh, man. Just like the fact we're going to have two distinct, you know, um, I guess environment types. And one, which I heard that this place is going to be, like, bigger than any of the regions we've had so far as well. I'm not sure if that is true or not, but like by the time that this region wraps up, I heard that it's supposed to be much like much bigger mm-hmm. than any individual region before. So yeah, like just the fact that we're going to have so much of it is going to be so much fun. I really just can't wait. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. I would say that it's definitely because nobody, or at least I don't, really count the water in Inazuma to be part of the region. And I know you could probably count a little bit of it because they scattered, you know, those Hillitrol towers in the water and they scattered like some challenges in the water and stuff like that. But I don't really count the water. And if you actually put the land masses of Inazuma, it's relatively small. Yeah. At least compared to Leeway and uh, Mondstadt. So from what I'm gathering is, well, there is water, obviously, in this region. There's, It's more like rivers and creeks and waterfalls, not just open ocean. Yeah, exactly. Which automatically just gives you so much more exploration surface. Yeah, definitely. I, I fully agree with that. Got any theories on the two robots that are in the trailer? Yeah, so I I remember I saw them like whenever we first got a few images and I was like, "Oh man, those giant robots over there look super cool." And they directly mm-hmm. mentioned them in this trailer. So um because they're massive. Yeah, they're be- not like ruin guards. They're big. Yeah, they're- I mean, they they kind of look like ruin guards, but they're they're huge. Yeah, that's the pr- that's what is throwing me so hard because it's nothing godlike it's something celestial because uh, it's a robot so at least but, I, I think so well, i think they're from fontaine you think kinda i kind of think that you know fontaine to me especially with the toy event no. struck me as even not even seeing anything from fontaine just really strikes me as like a steampunk area hmm it's just ca- too big. <laughs> I I couldn't. I mean, I guess yeah. You're you maybe you're right, but that's and it's so ancient as well. Like it's it's like basically a part of the the landscape. It's 
you know, basically embedded in, so it's so old. That's true. I think it has. You are right there. Yeah, I think it has to come from um, what you call it. Why am I blinking on the name? You know, the the old place that was destroyed, Conria. Oh, okay. I think it has to be Conria related. It's just even then, like it's you know, relative to anything that we've ever seen come from them so far, it's just gigantic. So I have no idea. Yeah. So it's either that or an even more ancient civilization or some kind of protector thing that the celestials had made because the size to me makes me think something is like celestial related, but that might be Marvel peeking into my head. So I have no idea. Uh (laughs) Gotcha. Um, what else? What else? There's the, the mysterious ruin that's floating upside down. Oh yeah. With the tornado tearing through the sky. How do you feel about this? Oh, I mean, it's super cool. Uh, I am really excited to see what that's all about, but that's the thing. You could, um, somebody, cool like really interesting um you know landmarks and, and environment types oh i can't wait they're really doing like a lot with it utilizing it such a mystery yeah you could almost compare the ruined pyramid floating in the sky with the tornado tearing through the sky uh to the vortex on watatsumi but way more massive and way more mysterious yeah Way cooler. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, I'm I'm glad they're doing that. I, I agree. It is uh, fairly similar. Um, so then we have another Hoyoverse employee come in and at the end of the trailer to basically talk to us about what we're going to be doing when we get to Sumeru. And basically there's some spirits... Mm-hmm. Uh, in Sumeru that are going to... Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's some spirits in Sumeru that only children can see, mm-hmm. and we're going to bas- basically help them solve a crisis that's going on in Sumeru to gain their trust, and that's basically what we're going to be doing when we first get there. Yeah. My question is, why are we able to see them? Because our character is not a child. Um, but are we able? Maybe I don't. Well, here's the thing: How are we able to manipulate the elements without a vision? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah. So we already broke the uh, world. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. It it looks super interesting. If anything, this got me really a lot more excited to play. And Sumero, even the inside of the buildings look really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would think from the first trailer that we were just gonna get like a bunch of like, I don't know, sod pods of houses, and you know what I mean, like. Yeah. But no, the insiding, like the inside architecture of the buildings, looks extremely elegant. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, they did a really good job with that. The I, I think the um, introduction of the uh, kind of like spirit element, like forest sprites, you know, kind of thing is really interesting, too. Um, I like that they're going to have that aspect to it with the, you know, that I assume is going to be synonymous with the dendro element type. So that'll be really cool. Yeah. You actually see one of them or some of them in the trailer. Did you see that? No, I didn't. What uh, what time do you see it on? 
223. So this is something that like I kind of expected, honestly, because mm-hmm. it's very whimsical, very, you know, fantasy. True. And in, I don't know if anybody played Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild, you have like the yeah. Koro Koro seeds that you have to like find. And they're kind of like, that's kind of what I expected to see when they said that. But then I actually went through watch a trailer a second time, pausing it a little bit w- through. And if you pause it at, uh, 223 you can see uh the first one that you probably see is right in front of the house it's just kind of standing there and it's got like a leaves on its head with like a stem taking out it's white looks like it's got like uh, oh, okay, eyes yeah. on the green part but then if you look to the left there's more there's like uh one with like a red hat and then two oh, smaller yeah. ones Okay. So. Man, good eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see them kind of all over the place now if I look around. Yeah. Or at least what I think is them all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, those are cool. And then I was like, oh, yeah, they, they're they like the Koro Koro of, Legend, uh, of Genshin. So, yeah. anyway, look really cool. Which is ironic, right? Because Genshin, at least whenever it came out, I think everyone dropped it now, but it was panned super hard for being a Breath of the Wild ripoff. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why I started playing it. <laughs> <laughs> I had friends that like vehemently opposed it because they were like, how dare it be a ripoff of uh, Breath of the Wild? And I was like, yeah, I want more Breath of the Wild, so I'll play this. <laughs> yeah. Very good. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, We will talk a little bit about Cosmo's Story Quest and how we're liking the Summer Fantasia event. Okay, and we're back from our break. Now, Pharaoh didn't get a chance to do the Cosmo Story Quest, but I'm going to run through what I remember. And I don't know. You guys can let me know what you guys thought about it because I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. This Story Quest was like the main reason why I even bothered to do the event because Cosmo really did impress me. So yeah. in the event, or in the story, I should say, you start the event, or, oh my god, you start the story, <laughs> so bad, and um, you go to Bayako Plain in Inazuma, which is like a little bit south of the uh, Narukami Shrine, mm. and you get attacked by the the person that you saw in the live stream, kind of just looks like a Karagi, the Karagi yeah. uh, enemy. And once you fight them, you're just kind of like, like, what the hell? And then he just kind of like goes away. So then you go find Kazuha. And when you go to Kazuha, he is talking to the Tenryo Commission. And the head of the Tenryo Commission is uh, basically trying to 
get Kazuwa to basically clearing his name because he's not a criminal anymore, so he's walking around Inazuma without like a care in the world. But they are trying to reestablish the Kaidahara name by allowing him to make weapons again, and they want him to basically like forge, and they'll completely support him. They'll house him, everything. Uh, so when you go to Kazuo and tell him, hey, I was attacked and there's this, uh, by the way, there's a uh, woman who um, her husband has gone missing and he was really obsessed with collecting artifacts and then got really obsessed with collecting swords. And then basically he, it, I laugh now because I kind of, compared this to my wife when I spend money on Prima Gems because her, his wife in the game was was saying, oh, I know he has a hobby, but and I'll support him in his hobby, but he's got to know when enough is enough. Yeah, I remember um, <laughs> So basically he's just been acting really strange, and then he his warehouse that or his storage facility that he was storing all these weapons and artifacts that he was basically obsessing over. Uh, he was going to sell some because his wife basically gave him an ultimatum. And then uh, it gets burned down and then the, the seller, her husband, and the buyer go missing. So you, you eventually find out that the sword is actually possessed by, I can't remember what the name of the spirit is, mm-hmm. but it's the same spirit that you deal with when you are in Inazuma and you do, I think it's Yai Miko's story quest. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Where you go to that domain and the spirit is like in the painting? Yeah, yeah. So it's the same kind of spirit, but a different one. Oh, and okay. and basically, uh, the Aminoma clan, which was a bladesmithing clan alongside the Kayadahara clan, uh, the master who forged that sword... Uh, fled Inazuma, and that's and the the bladesmith died, and basically the sword was had like a vendetta to come and fight the Raiden Shogun to kind of uh, fulfill his master's like last dying wish. Mm-hmm. So Kaidahara gets a hold of the sword, and it can't really affect him because he's not weak minded. They they explain it very well. It it really does fit. I know my. Uh, description makes it sound really weak, but it, it is really good. Um, and basically, when Kazwa uses a sword, uh, it starts to break. And he he makes a deal with the spirit, basically saying like, "Hey, if you can't handle handle it when I fight with you, then you need to release the guy that you're possessing." Uh, so, which is the guy who attacks you, right? And he agrees, and when Kazuha uses a sword, it's kind of like training Kazuha a little bit, like he's getting a little bit tired, but the sword just breaks, is like getting weaker, 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 and then uh, it, it's funny because the sword basically the whole time isn't really trying to resonate with the wielder. He was just kind of doing his own thing, where because he's breaking, he doesn't really have a choice, so he kind of starts to work with Kazuha, mm-hmm. and then... He like then the sword kind of like starts to under or the spirit. I keep saying the sword, but the spirit kind of starts to understand, um, how to actually like work with a person, and the at the end the spirit asks Kazuha to let him take over him, so he can reforge the sword, 
uh, and make it brand new. And so Kazuha agrees because he doesn't feel like he's, you know, there's no malice there. So Kazuha agrees that's the purple energy that we saw kind of in Kazuha's eyes. So it has nothing to right. do with the electrovision, even though it is briefly mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that has nothing to do with the previous story where he blocks the Mitsuhitachi uh, attack from Raiden Shogun. But uh, he forges the sword. All the, He uses the last of his energy, the spirit. And then Kazuha kind of comes back, and then you have the sword. So that's where the Cursed Blade comes from. But overall, I thought the story was really good. I I love the lore that they tell in the stories, and I feel like Kazuha is a great character to have lore for, especially because you see him go from, like, a wanted criminal to him literally doing, being, like, one of the only people to manipulate two visions. Right. And it was just really good. So I... 10 out of 10. I think um, definitely not as cool as the narrative that we kind of spewed out um, a few weeks ago that we thought it was going to be, um, where he was starting to activate his his electrovision. But yeah. but still still sounds pretty cool, though. So, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, if you are a big fan of Kazwa and his character and his personality, the story mm-hmm. was really good. But if you were if you were expecting like we were to see more of Kazwa manipulate an electrovision because that would be badass and not really care too much about the like the lore and the story, then you'll probably be a little bit disappointed. But overall, it was a good story quest. I thought it was better than the Yolan story quest. So, um, e- well, I mean, I guess I don't know, but from the sound of it. Yeah, the Yulan one kind of just droned on after a while. Like, yep. Um, but yeah, I am gonna play this one uh when right whenever I'm done with the uh, event. So I'm looking forward to yep. it. Speaking of the event, let's talk about it. All right. So, what do you? I guess we can break it down into really. So you didn't get to Mona's yet. Yeah, just the last one. I, I finished up everyone else. Um, and I so actually just started Mona's, but I'm just not I'm not even halfway through. Right. So let's talk about Kazawa's portion, because Kazawa's first. Yeah. So how did you how did you like Kazawa's portion of the event? I liked it. There was some parts that I really thought were like incredibly cool like when it had the uh kind of side scrolly um how should i say kind of design to it whenever you could only walk you know left or right do you remember that part uh yeah where it kind of looked like old film kind yeah of. exactly like that was really really cool to me i i was all for that because it fits kazuo's style so well right um so, yeah, I thought that that was really cool. Uh, as far as the story is concerned, like, you know, it, it it's all like, you know, feel good, like, you know, confronting your past kind of stories. So it's interesting to see what all the characters went through to make them who they are, you know, the trials and tribulations, all that. Um, Kazuo is definitely the one that's like the most OK with his past. It seems like granted, I haven't seen Mona's yet, but um but yeah, it was really cool kind of seeing um, where he came from and the relationship that he had with his dad and, you know, by extension, the rest of his family. Like, I I was really a fan of that one. 
um i got a little it was like a little nostalgic feeling um whenever i completed it yeah i liked it i it really took me by surprise with the old film i didn't really like know what they were going for but Mm -hmm. it was a nice change to to it yeah i'm all for stuff like that like experimenting with different you know styles of you know like i guess changing up the from the normal game style that they have um they did a really good job there i thought it was well placed yeah um so i liked it i would to you you said oh you haven't done mona's yet so you don't really know like how kazua is okay with yeah uh his past but i agree that he's okay with what happened in his past but i feel like if anything, it's Xin Yen who is like the most okay. Cause oh, that's true. Actually, every- yeah. So, I I liked hers. I just I just cannot. I just can't do her freaking voice. Same. Oh my god, I can't do it. I literally like I I tried to just get through that one as fast as possible because I couldn't i just couldn't the only thing that was that was cool about it was that whenever she took her hair down that was like that was it and it was totally based on superficiality because i was just like oh man she's like very attractive with her with her hair down new waifu achieved um yeah but yeah like as far as like the story and everything i just i can't stand her voice i can't do it um and you're right she is like very okay with her past but i also thought it was like the most mundane story out of the bunch easily um so yeah like i don't even really remember what happened with it oh, i'm trying to yeah think. she was like oh yeah there was like people that said that she couldn't be a musician right they were talking it was mostly about like her they wanted her to be more like rock and roll wasn't it wasn't theater or playing like a very uh like a gentler instrument right so they were kind of against like the whole rock and roll thing and her hair and yeah like the rebel aspect of rock and roll yeah exactly yeah yeah i mean like with it, it probably would have landed better for me with a character with a different voice but i just can't get the whole like you know deep southern accent with the rock and roll thing going on like it's just not for me but yeah but i think you're right though she she was um probably the most like un- unbothered by the by the entire situation yeah um i i thought that her i loved so far mm-hmm. i really liked how each of the domains from Kazwa and Jin, or Zen, Jin Yen Zinyan. were yeah. Yen were very flattering to their like characters and their personalities and everything. Like they fit very well. Yeah, I mean, certainly Kazwa's did. Um, the next one with like the flowers and stuff, like with Zen Yen, I was like, okay, sure. I, I just don't know how else they would do it. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think they did the best they could because there isn't like a super distinctive style there. I don't know. They could have went a little crazier. I mean, it. they could have gave you an instrument. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what I'm thinking. Like, I mean, like, why didn't we all just rock out in a band afterwards? Honestly. Yeah. True. Very true. Like, I feel like that would have been cooler than 
you do whatever see, in the world we got. You do see her with her hair down, though. That, yeah, I mean, that is that is the one pro from this. <laughs> and like I said, new waifu achieved. Like, I want that skin. But, yeah, is you know, is what it is. Um, at least, uh, as far as the event as a whole goes at this point, mm-hmm. y- you don't really do all that much because every single person, mm-hmm. Kazuha, uh, Zinyan, uh, Fischl, and Mona all have an island that is has to do with them, and then you can change that island around or manipulate that island to earn more rewards, do other challenges, so on and right. so forth. So um, I think so far, at least to me, the most interesting one was Kazuo's with, you know, uh, changing the bonsai tree mm-hmm. and then going back. While it's a little annoying at first, gets a little bit easier once you get used to it, but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Moving forward, I would have to say his was probably gets- my favorite favorite one of the bunch rather than dealing with the next one. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, dude. Fischl's was a nightmare. Okay. So, so good. I I see I hate Fischl. Oh. Okay. I just don't like her as a character. Okay. Oz, everybody's like you don't like Fischl, but Oz, but Oz and and you know the the supporting character here mm-hmm. is Oz, obviously. Right. I'm, I've never liked the trope of, oh, you have to like this character because of this supporting character who is tied at their hip. Right. Oz makes me hate Fischl more <laughs> because every single time she talked, Oz had to translate. Mm-hmm. And it was so overdone. Yeah. I hated it so much. And Hoyoverse even acknowledged that at one point in the event that it was unnecessary because they literally had someone go, you didn't need to translate that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no crap. You didn't need to translate any of this. Like we're not idiots. Yeah. I think it I, was just that so was definitely overdone the joke of it. I, I like, how should I say like, I'm with you and I'm not with you on that one because I actually really like Fischl. I like Fischl a lot. I love her character. I love, um, the whole, like, you know, princess and deva ertalang or whatever it is yeah um i'm all about it I'm, it's it's cool with me oz i don't like as much though um i do like the dynamic that they have as far as like him kind of translating for her because um you know uh her her speech um but i he definitely like overdoes it and at times it's absolutely unnecessary and you know there was that specific part in the story where they were literally like you didn't even need to do that um yeah but the i i really thought that this was going to be the event or the uh, event that i or i should say part of the event that i enjoyed the most because out of all those characters my favorite were mona and fischl right Mm-hmm. Um, I, the whole thing was ruined for me with that janky vision system thingy. Um, I forgot what oh, they're called. Yeah, you had to. So what he's talking about is there is a device that you need to use to line up different parts of like the castle. Mm-hmm. 
to yeah. fill in missing parts of another piece of the castle. And then when you did that, it, it basically was created like the optical illusion that the broken piece or the missing piece was actually there. And then when you matched it up correctly, it would actually be there when you when you stopped using the device and then you could move forward. Yeah. And let's put quotes around correctly real quick, because that system was so janky. It was ridiculous. At first, it was really good. It, yes. Like same. So like whenever I first started, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, I like this system. Mm-hmm. I literally said that out loud. And then I think after the first storybook, um, whenever we go to the to the second book, that's mm-hmm. whenever it all just went bad. And it's when you get to not uh not Arnold the knight when you have to save the knight. Yeah, it it might have even been before that. I don't remember, but yeah, it just uh it ruined the entire portion of the event for me because I just couldn't stand that system anymore. There was like three times Whenever I I had to literally go like walk back around the map because I could not figure out why I couldn't pass this area, like why I couldn't line anything up. And I was like, mm-hmm. it's it's letting me, it's telling me like there's nothing blocking it, right? Because you usually have the red, you know, line at the top if you go into a vision that you can't use yet, right? I'm just going to call mm-hmm. them visions, right. but um, sure. you know, so like there was, there was, it was not that, so you think, okay, this has to be it. Like, you're good to do it. You have to find that little circle, right? I did everything to find that circle. Every single combination of every single placement on the picture, and it never showed up. And I, like, literally went back two or three times and, like, started moving. It was when you moved around the giant castle. Do you know what I'm talking around? Yeah, you had to rotate yeah. it. I had trouble with that one, too. Oh, my God. it was. I, I spent 20 minutes like going back and forth thinking that I was missing something. But, no, it was just super janky. And, eventually, I brought it into a spot that I had been to 40 times before. And it finally <laughs> gave it to me. I, I almost threw my controller at the screen. I was so annoyed. So, Dang. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> that is literally... I, I've, I, like, usually, I have you know patience whenever it comes to that. But the fact that it was literally like I would line it up perfectly, right? And I'd be like, oh, this should be it because it actually lines up. And no, it's not that. It's like off to the left somewhere and it looks ridiculous instead. So Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like that part really, really annoyed me. Um, uh, I... If that didn't exist, officials would have been, at least so far, right... Um, my favorite part, I think, because I do enjoy the character so much. I really actually liked the music style as well, you know, with, with the environment and the castle and everything. I liked the characters, um, the ravens. I liked even the the things that you have to do to get the chests um, with the, the ravens. Plays. Yeah, exactly. So, like, all of those things, like, I really, really was a fan of it. But just that system ruined the entire thing for me. So, Gotcha. <sighs> yeah, I... I can't I can't say that I was super happy with the switching around and looking through the visions as you call them to mm-hmm. move the castle around. I liked the idea of it. It was easier to do and it made more sense, but they tried to make it a little bit more too complex. Yeah. And then it just kind of got annoying. I have to say Fischl's story though. Mm-hmm. is probably one of my most my favorite one out of this whole event just and 
you know, Kazuha, you were kind of in a domain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zinyan, you were kind of just in a domain. Yeah. This one felt like the whole island was based on her. Exactly. And yeah. it was so good. Yeah. Uh, the the colors, you trying to like like get to the top of the castle to get to her. Uh, just the storybook aspect, you really got to see. The like, narrator, really good too. Right? The narrator was really good. Yeah, uh, you just really got to see the inside official's mind, basically. Yeah, and it really justified, honestly, why she talks the way she does. Yeah. Which you you see snippets of her not talking like that, mm-hmm. and Oz is like, "Mind your, mind your, the way you're talking, main Freulein." Like, mm-hmm. I, I like. I liked Fischl more after this. That's good. But Oz just I can't. <laughs> I just can't with the freaking bird. <laughs> and the only thing I like about Oz is the fact that he just completely goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Even though he knows that. Even though the way she talks mm-hmm. is completely voluntary. It's not like. Right. This is her accent, and this is the like. It's not like Jin, uh, Zin Yen, where this is her accent. And this is the way she talks. Deal with it. It no. Fischl chooses to talk like this. She doesn't have to. Right. And Oz just is like, oh yeah, this is the way she talks. I'm, well, I think I'm it's because gonna... he's an extension of her imagination. I think that's what makes her like powerful. Or at least that was like the whole point of it is that her she has such a you know vivid imagination. Or that's how she gets her strength, I should say. And so, like, Oz, in my book, this is how I'm headcanoning it, right? Because we don't know why Oz exists. But I think because she does have such a strong imagination, um, like, she literally created Oz with her vision. And Oz is an extension of her imagination, and he abides by the rules of that imagination. So, he, you know, he lives... or he's protecting the fairy tale uh, that she prefers to live in. So in my book, it, it all makes sense. And that's why I kind of like it because he plays like the, the fourth wall that we all know is there, I guess. I'm not sure how to describe that better than, than that, but yeah. So I, I, I am a fan of that. I absolutely like, I would, I would not blame anyone for being annoyed by him, though, because he can get annoying. So I'm not faulting you for it. That's for sure. So I'm. Um, I'm. Uh, while you were talking, mm-hmm. uh, I was looking it up, and um, literally, Oz is a manifestation of her like psyche. Boom, and of her electrovision. Yeah, I, th- I think he. He has but he's actually be. physically there. Yes, he is physically there because everyone, everyone else can see him, so he is there. Right. Yeah. Um. Now, Mona's. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. did we not get to? F- we don't get to fight a princessin, official, in the event. We don't get to fight. What do you mean? Or, I'm asking. Like, do you know if? Oh no. I wanted to so bad. I wanted to. F- I wanted that as like an event boss, like a boss. Yeah. That you could fight, kind of like the Whooper Flower for Albedo's. Yeah. Event. I actually I wanted to fight. Her. 
I'm yeah, so bad. I agree with you. I, I was, I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with the confrontation or like the, yeah, the kind of like argument battle that they had, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which is also another reason why I like the story out of or compared to the other two, just because she actually had something to still confront, not just reminiscing on the fact that they used to have problems that they don't care about anymore. Um, yeah. she's actively going through it. Um, so I inherently found her more interesting, but, um, I actually thought that we were going to fight a dragon <laughs> or oh, yeah. at least like a yeah. giant electro dragon or something like that. And then it was going really cool. to turn out to be like what we ended up getting, like where the dragon would then turn into the dark side official, um, uh, after we defeated it and then she would have to confront it. Um, but yeah, because you know the narrator was talking about the dragon the whole time, so I was like, "Oh man, we're gonna fight a dragon at the end of this. It's gonna be awesome." But no. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with you. I think that would have been really cool, but yeah, no dragon. Yeah. All right. So after Fischl, now the the team basically is grasping the idea, uh, that you know. Okay, Kazwa, Zinya, and Fischl have all done their done their part, and they literally are just like, okay, it's Mona's turn now. Mm-hmm. And Mona's is is really good. This is the one that I was most excited for. I realized last week I talked about, oh, I hope you can go into the domain and take screenshots. Yeah. What I realized is that you in domains you actually can't use the camera. Oh, that's a good point. I was actually going to take um, a picture at one point with Kazua in Kazua's thing. And uh, so I was going to switch to Kazua, but I was like, oh, shoot, I can't actually switch to Kazua because uh, Mm -hmm. I'm in like a domain. So I didn't even bother taking the picture. But you're right. I wouldn't have been able to even if I had him before I went in. You can switch to Kazua at a door of resurrection. I didn't. I had no idea. Yeah, so if you're in the domain, you can't switch characters unless you go to, like, a quote-unquote checkpoint, like, Door of Resurrection. Wow, I never knew that. But you still can't take screenshots with, without the UI or anything like that. Right, Because right, right. it doesn't let you, yeah, it doesn't let you. Even if you have the uh, the item? Camera equipped. Yeah, the, yeah. Well, it doesn't let you even go into your inventory. Oh, that's right, yeah. Well, maybe it does, but I... N- I no, you I don't can't think take. You can. Yeah, or maybe you so, can. Ah, I don't know. Whatever it is, what it is. I know you can't use the camera for sure. Okay, I tried it. All right. Yeah. So Mona's is really good, and like you said, to the point official where she's still dealing with something. Mona is still like very much not okay with what she has to deal with. That's good. It starts off with her when you go into or you find what is like the whole. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a uh, not a not a quirk, but it's like uh, the gimmick. The Mona Island gimmick is that there's pools of water mm-hmm. that you jump into, and then you get transported to, uh, like a domain or a, a mirage, I should say, actually, because mm-hmm. that's actually what they're called. But the uh, the mirage for her is you're in this really weird and trippy domain, mm-hmm. and the uh, um. You have to use constellations and pieces of these, like, tablets to form constellations on the walls to unlock the door. And then you would go through and you would get some lore while you're walking through, like, a hallway. It was more like a, um, like a 
context dump of what Mona's kind of dealing with. And at one point, there is, uh, at one point, there's a line where she's talking about, um, the different divinations that she did for people because she's she basically talks about like astrology and mm-hmm. how the stars can basically tell you like your fate. Right, right, right. And she says a line and she and I feel like a lot of people are gonna get this twisted because I know I did for a second and I was just like, wait, what did you just say? But she says, Will I ever find my son? Hmm? So people were freaking out because they thought that She's Mona, Mama, Mama Mona, Mama Mona, <laughs> and uh, which, let's be honest, I love Mona as a character, mm-hmm. but she'd be a terrible mother. Anyway, oh, yeah. <laughs> she can't um, afford to have a child. Well, well, actually, don't say that yet. Uh-oh. So, yeah. So in the domain or the mirage, I keep saying domain, but when you go into her mirage, you get some info dump about how people are basically don't believe in astrology and a lot of the people give it up, but she didn't. And she kept like basically um, going after like her dream to be an astrologist and didn't give up on it. She talks about an adventurer who she met, who she did a divination for and she was like, hey, if you don't stop doing this in two years, like, you will die. Like, if you don't stop adventuring. And she talks about how she never saw him again. So mm-hmm. she doesn't know, like, what happened. But obviously, like, he's probably dead. Yeah. Um. There's two things that I really liked about this. Number one was... And I can't remember which one came first, but other than just the the puzzles were really fun, I thought, and they uh they were a little challenging. Mm-hmm. They were like a little brain teaser. But the one thing that I liked was while you're narrating while Mona's narrating and you're walking through the hallways of the Mirage, the walls are just doing all kinds of crazy crap. Like the walls are doing all kinds of like crazy stuff mm-hmm. and they are uh she gets to a point where she's like talking about how she's like kind of like she feels like the walls are just kind of like closing in on her and then the walls literally start to close in on you to like this really small square oh wow yeah so that was really cool and crap there was one other thing oh to your point where you said oh well mona's broke no, you actually get transported into a mirage of mm-hmm. Mona's house, inside Mona's house. Oh, she rich? Oh, dude, she's living a lavish life. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. I took so many screenshots of the inside of her house. I can't wait to go into my teapot and make rooms that look just like this house. Wow. But she had bookshelves on bookshelves of books, of Freaking nice kitchen, two really nice couches. She's not broke. Dang. Why'd she make me... Yeah. Didn't, she, didn't you have to, like, buy her food over and over again uh, the first time you <laughs> meet her? Yeah. Uh, they talk about it, but basically she... she And she, like, twists the conversation to, like, change it, and everybody, like, buys into it. That's so funny. Oh, my God. It's really funny. Oh, yeah. I guess that's great. I can't wait to complete that one. 
Uh, so that was really cool. Oh, what about uh, um, you finished it all, right? Yeah, you want to talk about the venti communication thing? That yep, that was exactly what I was going to ask about. Yeah. So through throughout the whole event, you are giving a dodo communication do do doco. Yeah, it was like I don't know, something doco or something. <laughs> yeah, doco 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 communication device or something. It's it's like a communication device that you use to talk to venti, but halfway through. You go to check in with Venti, and Venti's sick, and that part's like kind of hilarious, honestly, mm-hmm. um, because like over the phone you can hear like Venti's like sniffling and he's sick, uh, but then you, um, you go to call Venti, and you're just talking to a random person, and this person's saying like they're watching over you, and they're they're watching you, and it's clearly like a female like femaleish voice, right? Um, or someone like a lot younger, and um. And so you don't know really really know who it is at all. I thought I I knew who it is who it was right right away, not because of like leaks or anything, but same. Just it was it's very apparent with everything that's like that we've been seeing, obviously. Right. Um. So then you go and talk to Venti again for the second time because the second the second time that you actually go to talk to him, you talk to this mysterious person, and Venti's like, oh well, they didn't do any harm to you, and it seems like then it seems like they're kind of just like watching you so don't really worry about it and they you know the traveler and paimon kind of accept that as yeah, an answer but then right at the, yeah don't worry about it i'm gonna go drink bye yeah <laughs> story uh, of his life yep um so so uh right at the end of the event you go to talk to venti about everything and you do talk to venti right but then she kind of comes over right after venti hangs up Mm-hmm. And she's not actually talking to you through the communication device. She's actually like speaking directly to you, right? And she basically says, "I've been watching over you. I'm like a little bird, but maybe one day we'll meet." And then, right when she hangs up, I'm pretty sure it's very faint. And if you like blink, kind of, or look away from your screen. Mm-hmm you miss the dendro symbol kind of pop up and then like disappear like in the blink of an eye. Huh. Okay. Did you see Oh, you I, didn't see there. that. Yeah. Okay, so oh, I was uh, this whole time I was narrating this like you knew exactly what I was talking about. Um so yeah, I I knew I knew for the most part that it was pretty much going to be Kus, uh Kusanali, the dendro archon. Oh, that's actually not who I thought it was. I mean, I, I it could not be. I thought it was. But... I thought it was going to be Alice, because Alice is the one that made that made the the area. Dang! I didn't even think of that. Oh, you didn't. Well, she's the one that. Oh, yeah. Because you didn't. Did you play the original of this event? No. Oh well, yeah. She Alice was like the architect of of this and the original one. Where you took well, right? I I knew that much. Yeah, and so I was pretty sure it was Alice, um, who we were talking to. But the only thing that throws me off about that is that it sounded like chibi-ish. The voice it sounded almost like Klee, and so I was like, it sounds like a like a slightly more like grown up Klee. So I was like, it could be Alice because you know Klee's her daughter, but I don't know. I it just. Since we never heard Alice, I I wasn't sure if that actually was it or not. But 
the voice to what I know of Alice just didn't match up very well. So that's the only reason why I'm thinking maybe it's not. But um, yeah, I figured it was Alice because she has total dominion over the area. So wow, I it would be kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why I thought it was Kusanali was because, well, obviously I've, I've, I've seen leaks of what she looks like. Right. So I feel like the, the voice would very much match, but then the dendro, uh, dendro element popped up, but I think it would be extremely cool if Alice held a dendro vision and it was alice yeah yeah we don't know what what vision or if she i don't even know if we know if she has a vision i don't think we know i think we we assume that she does but i don't think we know for sure but right yeah or she's so far beyond it she's more like us where for some reason she doesn't even need a vision right um but yeah like that's what that's what i thought i don't know well i guess we'll We'll maybe find out way, way, way later. <laughs> I'm I'm sure we will. We probably will with like a Klee story or something like that. Yeah. So. All right. Um. Let's see. Wish of the week. All right. Let's do it. You want to go first or me? Yep. I'll go first. I'm okay. I'm loading up. So I've been extremely lucky this week. I got the reliable helper quest after I butchered it last week. It's somehow I have enough luck left in the world to get it a week later so i did get it i got my perfectionist achievement mm-hmm. and my next pull after that was hazo so i finally got hazo now i'm just waiting on Cosmo. and i'm at i don't know i think i'm at 30 i'm almost at 40 pity really okay that's not that's and... not a bad place to be my wish was a black tassel, so no go. bueno there. I'm going to be pulling on the normal banner because I do not want to potentially pull another Kazuo. You're spending primos on a normal banner, or you're no, using no, no. Uh... I have uh, from the uh, pass. Okay. Yeah. So here we go. Are and you high on pity? It's blue. Uh, I I think I'm around fifty. So yeah, I'm pretty high. Okay. Uh, thrilling tales of the dragon slayer that's uh, a good uh yeah you I mean, know what we should I have start like doing 40 should... of them but yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i well, mean it is a fantastic it's actually like one of the few three stars that's actually really really good and has a purpose but yeah um i do have a billion copies of them yeah thrilling tales of the dragon slayer if you don't know is really good for mona mm-hmm it's really good for catalyst supports who you want to put on a team yeah. that support main DPS characters because the uh the passive, I believe it's I believe it's the passive of Thrilling Tales of the Dragon Slayer, um boosts mm-hmm. the attack of of your other characters. So it's really good for like Mona and it's really good for you could put it on Sucrose and then R5 it. And put Sucrose on a team with, like, Chow, who would really benefit from it because Chow really likes a lot of attack. So you could put that on Sucrose, who is a really good battery for Chow. So you get his uh, 
his burst back really quick, but then you also are boosting his attack through the passive of the uh of the thrilling tales of the dragon slayer with sucrose. So yeah, we should start doing that more, where we just give like a tidbit of information <laughs> after the wish. Probably true. Yeah. It's like a weapon or something. <laughs> that, that is Black Tassel. If you have Chow and you don't have any good four star weapons for Chow, which probably is like unlikely, mm-hmm. uh, because if you buy the battle pass, you can use the death match. Yeah. Uh, but Black Tassel would probably be like one of the one of the only three star weapons really that you'd want to use with Chow. Yeah. All righty. That's the end of our episode. Done. Uh, yeah. When we come back, we'll be talking more about, um, probably give your thoughts on Mona's portion of the event. And then we'll talk about the Deluke story event. Yeah, that's right. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, yeah. So as always, you guys can find me at, um, discord.me forward slash the directive. Um, uh, we have a, community there for a whole bunch of different games mobile games mostly um but yeah you can check that out uh, you can also find me chronicles of runeterra um it's a podcast on spotify apple podcasts basically everywhere where you can find a podcast and then of course click or skip also a podcast you can find it anywhere where you find podcasts there you go sweet deal mm-hmm. you guys want to get a hold of the show you can get hold of me on Twitter. That's at HoyoCast. Or you can join our the Resonance uh, community Discord. That is discord.me forward slash the Resonance. A lovely community there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot of things that I'm doing with the show and the server in total. So I know there's new music coming. I didn't officially announce this, but... Um, more stuff to do with the server where we're going to be doing server events that are actually in game. And then I'll be like giving away blessings of the Welkin moon. Um, but those will be exclusively held in discord and then we'll do those events in game. So like mostly fun stuff, like teapot contest, uh, races in game, like in game races from like one point to the next. Um, yeah. And like a bracket style where like we mark one area and then you have the first one there wins. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I've been thinking of doing stuff like that. Um, there are some other stuff, so I'm looking forward to updating everything and making it a little bit more interesting. Um, that's it. Another long episode out of nothing, I feel like. We're good at that. We are very good at that. (laughs) Yep. Uh, so yeah, we'll see you guys next week when we talk about Deluke's story event. Have a good week. Enjoy the episode. Uh, enjoy... Mona's awesome lore in the event. <laughs> yep. Make sure you guys smack Arnold around because he's simping for Mona, and that's me. Me only. Yeah, there's only one Mona simp here. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good week, y'all.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 